you for that, ladies. And I just, I just love hearing singing in church. Just, um, I think when we, when we sing together, we hear songs like that. It's just a little glimpse of heaven one day. And I'm glad for that. I look forward to that. And um, the good thing is, everyone will be singing then, and all in perfect tune. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, what a what a great thing that we can just rejoice and, and praise God. And um, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter nine this uh, this evening, and going to continue just with that thought of follow me. And uh, I think it's important again that. We think about our lives here that we remember that there's really just the, what will be the one voice we listen for, the voice of the Lord Jesus. And here we see the uh, little bit of what we read, a couple of situations that, that came to pass. The, the Bible doesn't name these people, it just simply says a certain man, but it's the same thought. And, and what it is, is it's it's just a snapshot of the reality of the human condition. And that's really having competing priorities that at times can distract us from what our ultimate priority is. It could also at times even delay us from performing that priority or simply distract us from ever coming to a decision point. Sometimes we're so distracted with trying to figure out which way to go and what to do that we actually just were delayed and we were just sort of in a in a in the process of that it a bit confused and Jesus is trying to help those who would follow him to see that actually these are very real choices to make that this isn't just some sort of casual exercise you know that there were going to be some choices one who would follow needed to make and that's what it is I think sometimes we get to a place in our lives and perhaps we know the decision to make and yet all of these competing priorities can come there and and yet God is uh, is highlighting for us that if we would follow there is going to be those choices between priorities and this is where the fulfilled life for a Christian isn't going to line up with the priorities of this world you we spoke last week about the fact that if we're going to follow him this into this fulfilling life, it's going to be countercultural. And I think these verses very much highlight that for us this evening. It isn't going to line up with the priorities of this world. We, we spoke about how the paradox of the Christian life is countercultural, and here we see the cost of this for one that would truly follow Christ. And so we're going to look at the, the three situations here, glean from it this evening, and, and hopefully just think about those competing priorities. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity that we have again tonight to open your word. And Father, it's just been a joy to, to sing out to you, to sing praises, and then, Lord, to reflect on the great truths of your word through song and recognize, dear God, that actually this, this life, it's, it's limited. This life is going to pass us by, and, and all actuality, the reality is that eternity beckons and father we do know that we do have very real choices to make as your people in how we're going to live the the short life we have here and so i pray that you lord help us to be sober-minded about that tonight and then lord 
to reflect and then to apply and to adjust as you would have us, Lord. And so I pray that you would please just minister to us, challenge us, we pray in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And I want you to note the first one, and it's interesting here to begin with in verse 57, and it came to pass that as they went the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord. So we know here that this was a certain man. This wasn't. A, this not a parable. This actually happened. Someone verbalized this to the Lord. And a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And, and we look at that, and I think that's a good thing. We want those that would just volunteer their heart to the Lord. We want those that, regardless of perhaps a perceived call or not, they would just go ahead and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. But what we see God's response here, the Lord Jesus' response, just gives us an insight into the attitude of that volunteer. Though. And it's a good thing that he volunteered, but he had somewhat of an attitude that this was just going to be an easy decision. He said, you know, I'm going to follow you whithersoever thou goest. And, and he's saying there that, that he hasn't really considered the, the true cost of that. And and the certain man here, and we can imagine the Lord Jesus going about as he often did around the crowds and multitudes would follow him. And perhaps one called out as he was going through some of the other things that he was going through. One calls out and he says, Lord, I'll follow you. And hearing that, Jesus looks and knowing the heart, he responds with this, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath nowhere, not where to lay his head. And Jesus quickly responds to the thoughts of this man and the, the volunteer spirit of this man to help him recognize there's actually, there's going to be some comforts that you're going to have to forego. And what we learn here is the priority of comfort versus the journey. And, you know, I, I remember reading a lot about um, the, the conflict in World War I and how, you know, young Aussie men would go and enlist thinking that there's going to be this great adventure. They're going to, the way it was built to them was they're going to go on this great adventure and see the world. Hey, fight for your nation and see the world. And no one really understood the immensity of that conflict. And they would go and... You know, and just enlist just because they thought, well, we're going to go overseas and have this grand adventure. And we want life to be this journey of adventure. But can I remind you, great adventures are so seldom comfortable. When you read about all of the great things that people have done and, you know, climbing mountains, those that, that explored Australia through the, the rough terrain of the Blue Mountains and other places right through the desert, there was this grand adventure in their mind, but they're seldom comfortable, are they? You know, I think as people, we are programmed to desire comfort. I think that's, that's, there's a natural tendency for that. I'm glad that someone invented air conditioning. I'm glad for that. Now, especially that I live here in Queensland, all right? Everyone's warned me, and there have been some humid days. Hey, I grew up with, I didn't grow up with air conditioning, Right? The best we could do was lie on the tile floors and, you know, feel the cold and sweat it out, you know. But here we are. We have the modern day comforts of air conditioning and all of that. And I think we understand there's nothing wrong with comfort. 
But if, our, if comfort becomes our priority, if the comforts of this world become a, a detour to following the Lord Jesus, then it becomes a problem. It becomes a thing that hinders our pursuit of Him. And what we find firstly in this volunteer in following was a bit of a naive suggestion. He said, Lord, I'm going to follow you whither thou goest. He, he didn't really understand where Jesus was heading. We know in hindsight, because we have the scriptures, he was heading to the cross. He was heading to suffering. He was heading to a life where it was going to be a rejection. And, and so that it was a bit naive. The, the volunteer didn't know what he was suggesting here. We know later on, obviously, that Jesus would head to the cross. And we, in, in fact, in 1 Peter 2.21, we understand a bit more. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also has suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Actually, we can, we can be a little bit naive at times to the cost of following Christ. And, you know, I think we, by and large, we want a Christianity that, you know, we can volunteer and then everything just works out fine. That we go ahead and there's no discomfort, that we can still live with some of the, those comforts of knowing that there's guaranteed things. And, and, and we sometimes we're a bit naive to think that we can just easily make that decision. We can, the, the cost of suffering and being uncomfortable, it goes against our very nature. And to follow someone that leads to less comfortable situations, we better think. You know, we so often neglect the journey with Christ because the expense would be our comfort. You know, we, we, don't, uh, we, we don't do the, go the extra mile. Uh, we don't witness, perhaps, because there's a rejection you might have to endure. We perhaps choose careers over a calling because, hey, that might mean we miss out on things we like. You know, we don't want to be all out because, hey, we might be labeled extreme. And all of those things, it's, it's actually speaking about a priority choice there. Is your priority living that fulfilled life in Christ or, or, or the comforts that we have? And, you know, we choose all of that. Um, but then the Lord Jesus, you know, he, he just tells us, doesn't he? And he gives just a, a reality here, and he, he sobers up the man pretty quickly. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He, he just gets to the point, everyone else will seem to be comfortable, even the creatures will have their dwelling. And Jesus, he doesn't pull his punches, he, he, he hits us with the truth. He's saying there will be no guarantees about comfort. Uh, and yet what we do, we, we do get is the adventure, the journey I'll tell you, though, it also comes with the view. Because we read earlier today in Psalm 107, those that do business in great waters, they're going to be the ones that see God work. You know, um, I, I've never, I'm not really experienced in going out into the ocean. You know, I, I'm not a strong swimmer. I get seasick. All right, you can call me names, whatever. It's just the truth, the reality. But I just know that, that for those who've gone beyond what is the norm, 
they've not never regretted. They've seen greater things. You know, I think about these who, who have endangered life and they, they've gone and done some amazing things and, and they get to see things that no one else sees. I, I think about those who've climbed mountains and they've seen the view from above. And, and what I'm saying is he gives the reality, he gives those no guarantees, but what we will do is we will see some things. And, and what I'm saying is there's more I've seen following Christ than I would have simply trying to live comfortably. I've just seen more things. You know, when my wife and I, we were dating, she often talked about traveling. And we, she was the one that really, that was what she would like to do. And, and yet here I was, I, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a homebody. Right? You know what my ideal holiday is? A staycation. I would rather sleep in my own bed, get up and just read books and, you know, catch up on things. That's just me. And so when, when God gave opportunities for me to go overseas and do some other things, that was just, that was not my desire really, but God did that. And now I look back, I got to do that just simply because I followed him. You know, I get to know, I get to know you. You know, you think about that, I... I this, this guy from Sydney who never had any desire to, to leave there. And here he is, he's in Brisbane and he feels home. <laughs> you know who does that? God does that. We get to see things. And whilst there's none of those comforts that's guaranteed, we understand that, that we, when we go, we get to see things. And, and yes, I want to confess to you tonight, I want a home for my family. Yes, I want to be liked and not despised. Yes, I want to enjoy things and have some savings and experience things, but those, those are all, those aren't non-negotiables. They're just additional to following Christ. If they happen, they happen. And, and, and you know, we, my life verse is Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all, all these things shall be added unto you. And what we do sometimes, though, is we prioritize all the other things. And if we had the time, we'll do the rest for Christ. And what happens, though, is that when we do that, we miss out. We miss out on the view. We miss out on all that God actually had for us. And so in the first place, what we see is really this, this competing priority of comfort versus the journey. And, and by the way, we have the God of all comfort and grace. And along the way, he does the comforting. And along the way, he makes up for. Then what we see in the next, look at the next situation. Look at verses 59 and 60. He said unto another, follow me. So now he's doing the calling. So the first one, it was a volunteer. He says, I'll follow you, Lord. But now he's doing the calling. And you can imagine in the, in the crowd there, in the multitude, a sudden soberness goes into the, in the congregation as they were hearing Christ and Suddenly, this, this great silence, perhaps, and in the silence, Jesus calls out, follow me. And he goes on to explain, he says unto another, follow me. And so someone responds, says, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And, you know, at, at, at reading here, we see the 
There was a real situation. There was some, again, priorities that seemed to be competing with following. And what we see here, though, is there's, there was a, a very real cultural thing in this, uh, in this passage where it was expected that the Jews would look after their, uh, their, their older parents. But what was tied to that often was their inheritance. If you didn't do that, then you didn't get your inheritance. And, and you know, the, the Jews, they were big on that. They understood the, um, the blessing of that and, and no doubt the, the advantage of that, for, uh, both financially and everything else. And, and what this person was saying here was not that, that, that the father had immediately in that present moment died, but he said, can I just look after them until they're dead so I can get my blessing, is what he was saying. And what he was actually saying was this, I want to do the conventional rather than go on my mission. And, you know, there's some conventional things, all right, that, that is expected of us. This man whom Jesus said, follow me, really was responding with this, when I've fulfilled what my culture and society expects of me, then I will follow you. Plus, you don't have to worry about paying me because I've taken care of that through my inheritance, is what he was saying. You know, he wasn't saying immediately I need to go to a funeral. He was saying I'll follow after that. There has been a funeral. And so he was following this, the priority of conventional versus missional. And, and you know, sometimes we just want to have the conventional life. Just, just follow what society expects and then get the benefits of that. And we want to just look at how everyone else is doing it and how, what is the common expectation. And we just want to follow suit. And, and you know, that's fine. You could do that. But you will, you will then be uh, looking after other priorities rather than the priority that we ought to have in Christ. And you know what this is? Actually, it's a common delay. You know, I've heard it uh, many times uh, this is the, the, the man's delay is often seen. It's not that we don't want to follow. It's just that we've got other more conventional priorities to fulfill first. You know, and, and again, uh, there's been times where I've sat with those that they said they had a calling and, and yet they said, oh, well, I'll get to that eventually. They, they, they'll say, well, the Lord spoke to me about, you know, being, being more of a bold witness, but I'll get to that eventually when things seem to be all panning out. And they want to follow the conventional life instead. And, and I'm not saying tonight that looking after your parents is a bad thing. Right? It, 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 saving up and ensuring you're financially able isn't a bad thing. Getting married and ensuring your family is settled isn't a bad thing. But these shouldn't delay what is most urgent for us to do, and that's go and be live the missional life in Christ. Because the focus was here in verse 60, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Hey, listen, all of us here this evening tonight, I, I want to remind you that actually we're called to a missional life. We're called to preach Christ. We're, we're called to reflect that in our lives. The, 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 it's, it's not about just following the conventions of society. No, we're meant to stand out for Christ. We're meant to be different. We're meant to stand out. And it's not this conventional life that we just so comfortably slip into. And, you know, this, so often I, 
see some young people with great potential. I remember a particular one, he just was so gifted. I, I just He had the touch on God in his life with, with regard to children's ministry. And uh, my, my dad was able to lead him to the Lord, and so I worked with him, and he was closer to my age. And I remember teaching him how to pray and sitting there, and, and before long, God was speaking to him about the ministry. And he just was so wonderful with kids. Just, I've never seen someone that, that just, he would put kids at ease and he could connect with them. And, and in fact, he was doing a lot in our, in our church as far as children's ministry. And he had, a, he had a burden, though, for his parents, and his parents weren't saved. Uh, to our knowledge, they weren't. And, and he got to the point where he said, no, I, I can't keep going to church. He said, I, I'll come when my parents... Um, get saved. They're cl- so close. When they get saved, I'll get, I'll get started again. And you know, that's a good desire, right? But eventually what happened was he just stopped coming and, and, and he stopped prioritizing that mission life because actually there were others around that he needed to be reaching. And I know that that's a specific thing and, and that, that might be a similar situation to you but the point I'm trying to make is, is don't delay. Don't delay what is obviously something we ought to be doing. Even those, perhaps you've, you've, on the other side of that, maybe there's someone that you're trying to lead to the Lord, and you're trying to get them to understand their urgent need and how eternity is always only really a heartbeat away, and you're trying to impress upon them their need to get saved, and and I, I think about even in the life of the Apostle Paul when he was reasoning with Felix and Felix, this governor, trembles and answers and he says, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And, you know, the, the Bible says the summer is ended and we're not saved. And we don't know. And you hope that people are, 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 are listening and are convicted of their immediate need. And how often we wait, perhaps when it's more convenient until we follow Christ. And sometimes we would just want to just be in that conventional life, but Jesus was reminding him that this was actually a present calling. Because he said in verse 60, he said, Let the dead bury their, their dead, but go thou. That was in the present tense. He said, Go thou. Others can do conventional, but, other, but us as believers, we are called to do the missional. We, we're not called to the conventional. You know, as Christians, we're the only ones that can follow Christ. So in the midst of our living, make sure we keep that as a priority. There's no pause for our mission in following after Him. There's no shelving the message of the gospel because it's a less than convenient time to do so. In fact, the Bible tells us, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And, and in it, in essence, what Jesus was reminding us here is this, don't delay for a better time. Now is the time. Make the mission your life, not just the season. And it doesn't matter, young, old, you have a life that's, that, that, that's full for the Lord and keep taking those steps forward and don't allow the conventional to get in your way and become priority. But then lastly, as we look at this, look at verses 61 to 62. And another also said, Lord... I will follow thee. 
And so another volunteers, and he says, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house. And notice Jesus' response. He said unto them, unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow. And here's the emphasis, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, the, the people of Israel on their journey for the Lord often got tripped up looking back at their former life in Egypt. But we see here, he's saying, you know, if you're going to follow me, you, you can't let the priority of closure stop you from what's ahead. And, you know, um, he says, let me first. He says, go bid them farewell. And, and what this was, that he had already left. He was already in journey. He was already in transit. And, and Jesus was trying to remind him, no, 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 it's not about looking back. It's about looking ahead. And the emphasis here for this man was a priority of closure over the past versus what actually God had in front of him. You know, the past can become a massive stumbling block for us. When we give ourselves over to the past as priority, you know what it does? It hinders our present and may even rob our future. And often what we've done in the past can stop us from, from moving forward for a time. You know, maybe you're clearing a debt. Maybe there's some things that you've had to deal with that has been the past. And, and, and we understand that there's a need there and there's a need to, to go through process in that. But if you're just stuck in that moment and stuck in what has been, then what you're actually doing is you're preventing your present and robbing your future. And, and more dangerous is our experience and our perspective of the, of the past that can so easily imprison us. And what he was warning about was this backward look. The man wanted to return home. He had already journeyed forward, but now wanted to have some closure prior to moving ahead in following Christ. And, you know, closure is something that it can be needful. But I can tell you this, I'll tell you this, it can also be often be an excuse. I think about the man that we read about in John chapter 5. Go, go there with me. Last scripture we'll turn to. John chapter 5. And uh, there's this feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, verse 1. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, and wa waiting for the moving of the water. So there's this, this, this unusual thing that happens. An angel goes down, touches the water. The first one there gets healed. A lot of needy people. And, and you know, the, the Bible just makes it plain this happens, and they were all waiting around this pool of Bethesda. And notice verse 5, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Now, that's a long time to be in this situation. It's a lot of baggage. It's a lot of disappointments. You imagine being there 38 years in a row and you keep missing out. Someone just seems to just get ahead of you each time, and he actually mentions that. But then, you know, the Lord Jesus comes, and, and notice his offer in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? This wasn't a question about what's wrong with you. 
Jesus already knew. It was an offer of help. He says, wilt thou be made whole? It was an offer of healing. It was an offer of, you know, this is now a time to move forward. But notice the response. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. He says, I keep losing out. And you know what the man was focused on? He was focused on what he had missed out on all these years. He kept saying, I kept missing out. And there's Jesus with a future for him and a present offer of help. And this man puts up all of his excuses on why he wasn't whole already. And he was stuck in the past. Now, Jesus is gracious enough to just heal him anyway. He says, rise up and walk. But, but what we see sometimes is we can be just like this impotent man and just like this, this man that we learn about there who will just follow if he could just get some closure. He, he will go forward if he can just get that, the past tidied up. And we can sometimes be this man who Jesus is giving us a way forward and all we do is just give him every excuse, every mistake, every issue. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 listen, wilt thou be made whole? Not what has happened to you? And too many times we can just focus on the problems and the closure that we need. And, and Jesus was actually saying, what's stopping you? And you know what? Closure needs to be set aside in favor of moving forward for Christ. Because can I remind you tonight, it is a forward work. You see, in, in verse 62, he, he said it, no man looking back, no man who puts his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what he was saying? It's a forward, the work is ahead. You've already accepted the task, so quit looking back. And I think about the famous verses in Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Brethren, this is Paul, I count not myself to have apprehended. And by the way, if there was one man who would feel guilty about his past life, it'd have to be Paul. Uh, with his command and with his very role, he commanded the killing of Christians. He was the great persecutor of the church. When, when Paul said he's the chiefest of sinners, he really meant it. He, he really felt that way. But you know what he was saying here in Philippians 3? He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, he was always looking forward. And he was looking at the work ahead. And I want to tell you, there's more ahead when you're following Jesus. There's just more ahead. But when you respond to follow me, what's behind can't be your focus. What's ahead must be your focus. And you've got to understand that actually there's a lot more. If you just would, would not prioritize your closure over what God has planned for you next. Now, I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if you live for the next world, you'll get this one in the deal. But if you live only for this world, you'll lose them both. And in Mark 10.30, can I remind you what is ahead 
for us. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. It says, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. The caveat with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. You know, the, the, the life of following Christ is one of great reward. But it's got to be a life firstly of priorities. It's the priority of the journey. It's the priority of being missional over being conventional. And it's a priority of what's ahead rather than fiddling with the closure that we so desperately sometimes feel like we need. But actually, the work's still ahead. And so I want to encourage you tonight. You know, I, the, the, those two words, follow me. It's important to respond to it, but I, I want to just tell you, it, it will come at a cost. There, there will be difficult choices to make of, of those things that seem to be just, just so natural to us. But in the end, if we do choose to follow him, there's just great things. And there's wonderful things. And actually, God is the one who, he's the one that makes it up. He's the one that will make it up to you. And, you know, you're going to look, look at it and go, man, look what all God has done. But you know what? It, it, it just starts with those choices of those competing priorities in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And, Lord, I just know that as we head into the week, Lord, there's really those, those micro moments where we're, we're making these choices and we're making these in the, in the moment. I pray, Father, in those times that you remind us of that, that life of discipleship, of that life of following after you, that, that actually we do have a choice as your people and, and making the right choice of following you, although costly here at times, actually yields a greater reward and, Lord, a really a much more fulfilling life. So I pray that you'd help us as we meditate upon these things as we head into the week. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right, church, well,